And welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter. But we're a little bit biased. I am your host, Brian in KC. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. Follow the show on Twitter. That is at HEFpod. HEFpod.com is our website where you can track down where you can meet up with fellow Eagles to be able to watch each and every single match these days with the Bundesliga, the DFA Pokal, all on ESPN Plus makes it super easy for access. Better than uh, having to try and find what bar has FS1, FS2, Fox Soccer Plus, who actually has paid for Fox Soccer Plus, get us in contact with us as well. That is uh, via email. That is heyeintrachtfrankfurt at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram. That is heyeintrachtfrankfurt. Matt does a great job of providing some fun content there. And facebook.com slash hefpod, where you can find all the latest Eintracht articles in the English language, uh, conveniently uh, collaborated into one space. So, the transfer window has just closed. You may have just listened to Matt and Chris talking about some of the leanings for the Eintracht going this way. That Eintracht ended up making a a couple of deadline day transfer moves, one going in, one going out. It's quite an interesting time to be an Eagles fan and uh here to kind of talk us to us a little bit about the transfer window is none other than the football consultant she's also on uh talking foosball for the aufstieg edition and she does some uh work with espn in written form it's jasmine baba in bremen how are you I'm doing good. I'm have to be honest. I'm a little dead after yesterday. Yesterday was a very busy day. Um, I like transfer deadline days. Uh, I don't know why. I normally just sit in and watch Sky all day and just take all of it in. And it's often on repeat, um, just by me also working and doing other stuff. So yeah, I'm a bit tired <laughs> from yesterday. Uh, as far as January transfer windows, uh, transfer windows go, I feel like that was one of the busiest for everyone. Normally, there's not that much on the last day, but there was a lot going on yesterday. Indeed, there was. I got I, everyone will be able to tell that you have a little bit of a tinge of an English accent about you. Uh, the biggest mover and shaker of any club within Europe was a team on that island, a team that faced Eintracht in the semifinals of the Europa Pokal in the eighteen nineteen campaign in Chelsea FC. Uh, now, none of their deals happened to deal with the Eintracht, but goodness me, when you're kind of flogging the kind of money that goes around there, it just makes you wonder, like, what decisions were made, what to, what catastrophic stuff that they've done in the meantime. It's What is your take on, uh, I guess, the kind of overspending ways that come from that island, or just is it just that one club that kind of made everything look askew? I, I mean, there's been a bit of a problem with the Premier League for some time now. I think we've put We've basically got states owning clubs and the kind of limit of money has just been crazy for the last couple of years. Um, Man City, at least, like, I guess put it into infrastructure and it looks like they're kind of posing it some way. I mean, it already started with Roman Abramovich at Chelsea and that kind of kicked it off to being what it is today. 
Um, I think Chelsea definitely skews it a bit more, especially with some of the deals that they made, especially over Mudrick and um, now Enzo Fernandez. Um, but yeah, it's the state of Premier League football has just spun out of control and not in a good way. We're seeing clubs in the Championship and in lower Premier League overplay for some players, which has completely messed up the market for other teams who find like a suitable transfer for the money and then to be outbid by five times, four times a, what you would call a smaller club because they're not in the first tier. And that has really, really bad implications for basically the market in general. Uh, the Bundesliga uh, kind of been outspent by this one club in England, but, you know, had quite a few moves that happened uh, on deadline day. Uh, you had Jao Cancelo making a move uh, to uh, to Bayern. Bayern, uh, very notably, had already brought in Jan Zomar. Uh, Sabitzer left. You know, those the, I would say the more kind of headline-grabbing moves that ended up happening uh, within the Bundesliga as the transfer window uh, came to a close. We'll get to Eintracht in just a second. Uh, what were some of the kind of – was there anything surprising to you in terms of uh, that transpired or the winter transfer window from the Bundesliga? Or is it just, you know, if you take Bayern out of it, you know, Bundesliga clubs show how, like, level-headed that they are? Well, I wouldn't say, I would say not level-headed, but uh, chaotic in a different way. Um, we obviously <laughs> had the massive Isco story with Union Berlin, mm. with that only coming down at the end to money. Um, I think Isco <laughs> is the player of Mendes, Jorge Mendes, and I think that it explains it in itself. I don't have to go any deeper with that. In terms of surprising, I would say that Cancelo move was very surprising because it came out of nowhere. Everyone kind of knew that Cancelo was wasn't getting the minutes at Man City, um, but the kind of there was no kind of inkling that he was going to go to Bayern until it just cropped up. So um, I know you said take Bayern out of it, but I can't. That was quite a, a very surprising move and also a very very good move. Um, 70 million euros for that age, that kind of quality of player at the end of the loan, should they? Um, and, and I think it's only for, that is just an estimate. So I think they can barter for that to be less. So we might get him less than 70 million. Um, I think it's a very good deal for Bayern. I, I think it bolsters them completely. And yeah, that, that's, I think that was the most surprising one for me as well. Let's get to the Eintracht transfers. Uh, Eintracht had two transfers uh, go down over the kind of basically the last 48 hours of the transfer window. Uh, previously, American uh, Paxton Aronson had come in from the Philadelphia Union. His brother did extremely well at uh, Red Bull Salzburg uh, before making his move to that island that we keep on mentioning. <laughs> but uh, Philip Max coming in on loan, a very minor uh, fee for a buy 
coming from PSV Eindhoven. This is the second time that Eintracht has dealt in the last 12 months with P- with the Eredivisie Giants. And you also had uh, Pellegrini leaving back for Italy, where he has since gone to uh, the Rome-based club uh, Lazio. What Was this kind of a surprising move, or... F- did you did it everything all make sense that hey you know what they got a guy who can basically fill in on the on in a fullback wingback sort of role and it kind of fills fills the gap that was provided with the player that exited with the player that came in uh yes and no um so i feel like they had kind of been lacking on that side since Philip Kostic left not completely but you know, they, they had some certain qualities, but not all the qualities that they could provide in that role, even with Pellegrini. And I think with Philip Max coming in, which is very confusing because Maximilian Philip also got signed on deadline day to Bream and they basically have, have the same name. So if I get the names the wrong way around, please correct me. <laughs> so Philip Max is <laughs> Philip Max is more of um more it has more of a typical back four style play to his like left back profile um but i think it gives them something that they they can use and have more of but now philip kostic has left and remember philip kostic was more of a winger that they made into a wing back because he could run up and down and i feel like they're gonna have that a little bit more they're going to push that a little bit more on Max uh, too. And it's good because it fits into the kind of style and philosophy because, you know, that PSV team where they obviously bought Mario Goetze from um, was under Roger Schmidt, who's now at Benfica. And they, him, his and um, Oliver Glasner's philosophy is kind of based on the same roots high intensity, um, quick transitions, directness to the goal. Um, I think Roger Schmidt takes it another level with his intensity, where Glasner's a bit more pragmatic and like can play a little bit more with the ball, um, despite them sitting back a little bit more. I think they know how to relax, where Roger Schmidt doesn't. So it fits quite nicely into what Oliver Glasner is trying to do. Gives them good cover and it's a good age and it's good peak age. So he's still quite consistent, should be consistent in his performances too. Well, fingers crossed that uh, he does come good for the Eintracht and that we do, uh, I guess, then uh, make the purchase. One can only assume that uh, they do have a plan for center back. I was actually hoping that... um, this, this one move uh, coming from Sporting was going to come off. It didn't. So just kind of leave, leave that where it lies. I'm looking at the Eintracht now thinking that, you know what, with the current roster, three campaigns currently being involved in at the time of recording, I think that the Eintracht's kind of set for not just good success, but we're talking a top third uh, finish within the Bundesliga, a possible uh, deep run in the Pokal, uh, fingers crossed there, along with uh, hopefully Napoli taking their eye off of uh, the Champions League so that we can progress in there. Because, you know, Diego Maradona was 
there uh, a very, 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 very long time ago, and the last time Napoli won a title. So one can only hope that the Eintracht is now basically all set, all ready to go for the remaining campaign uh, in all three uh, ventures. Uh, where do you think that the Eintracht could possibly finish uh, in two of those three competitions? Oh, I I really wanted them to challenge more for the title. I know they're only five points behind, but three draws from their last four games has made them fall back a little bit. Um, I think there's still issues around consistency in the league. I mean, last year was a lot worse, but, you know, there was a challenge for the Europa League title, which obviously Eintracht Frankfurt won. So I think there is still some questions about consistency. I feel like they're a lot better. They're obviously a lot better than last year. So hopefully um, top four. A lot of their statistics and metrics have them in the top three. So that's why I'm a bit disappointed by the last few games. Um, Pokal, I can't say. I don't know how to predict for them Pokal because of obviously the match that we're going to talk about. And... Um, <laughs> And I, you know what, the Champions League, I know that anything can happen because it's literally like the Europa League that they were in. No one's going to have them going against Napoli. Um, I'll be honest, I'm not sure how exactly Napoli's tactics are. I don't get a lot of um, overview from the Italian leagues, if I'm quite honest, so I can't really say for certain. But... Um, you know, we saw what they did against Barcelona, West Ham. Uh, can't remember who else last year. So there's no reason why their tactics cannot work against Napoli. Uh, as you said, it's 13 points lead that Napoli has in the Serie A. Um, complacency can be a key in the competitions when you in different competitions when you have a lead that big. Um, but we will see. There's, I, I think Frankfurt could definitely move past that round but it's, it's a cup game and where anything can happen yeah talking about where anything can happen no one uh no one outside of frankfurt was really thinking about frankfurt as a deep runner in last year's europa league and look at what transpired let's get to the match that uh we are really salivating for eintracht and Darmstadt. The Sud Hessen Derby is back. It's been a second since we had it. Uh, what was that? The 16 17 season uh, that, that Darmstadt was in uh, the Erste Bundesliga. The club, Darmstadt, has changed a lot more uh, as, as lower division teams will because, you know, they a number of players just don't really kept on like these super long term contracts that just keep on getting renewed all the time. So there's no one that I know of that is still on this Darmstadt team from the Bundesliga days. And for any Eintracht fan, not that we will be visiting there, uh, the Darmstadt, I mean, the club uh, Darmstadt has gone, they're gone even uh, renovations on the stadium side. What kind of team is Darmstadt now uh, where they currently sit top uh, the table you know, they were the autumn champions of the Zweite Liga. What kind of team is Darmstadt right now? That's a funny question. And it's funny that you should say that because um, 
even in the last two years, three years that they're changing quite often. Um, last year when they came fourth and the points total that they had was enough to get them into automatic promotion in the former five years before that season. Um, they hadn't spent, they were one of the cheapest, <laughs> cheapest teams. I mean that in a good way, teams that didn't spend that much money compared to where they finished. If you take it in comparison to uh, Hanover, uh, Hamburg, and all those kind of bigger teams that have been, um, Werder Bremen, Schalke were also in the spite of Bundesliga last year. So, you know, didn't spend as much money as those teams. Um, but also there are a couple of players that have been in the Darmstadt team, which are still in the Darmstadt team from the Bundesliga. First of all, fullback Fabian yes. Holland is still in the Darmstadt uh, team and was in um, the Bundesliga with them. And I think Toby Kemper, but I know he was he went to Nuremberg, and I feel like that was during their promotion when they were promoted. So I could be wrong, but um, yeah, there, there are a few familiar faces from that. Well, at least one familiar face from that time. Gotcha. Well, one, one player, well, a couple players, excuse me, have been kind of catching my eye. Uh, Philip Tietz is kind of the leading goal scorer, but right behind him is uh, uh, Patrick uh, Pfeiffer. Now, he's a young central defender that Eintracht has actually been linked with, you know, very recently. I do think his contract is coming up to the end. I was kind of surprised that someone did not make a move for him, but I'm pretty sure Darmstadt was like, no, we're not selling now to basically just hamstring us when we are so close to getting promotion. Um, tell us a little bit about these two players, because Tietz had a lot of goals that he uh, popped in last year as well, though he had a about as a successful strike partner uh, last season. Yeah, so Philip Tate came to Darmstadt on a free from VNB Spaden from the Dritte Liga, which is the third tier of German football, and is basically a complete forward, kind of excels at a bit of anything, everything. He's good at hold-up play, he's good at laying off passes for others to have goal-scoring uh, opportunities, he's good at holding up the ball in play, he's quite fast, not the fastest, but still quite fast. And yeah, just quite directly good. He's not a flashy pay player. He's a hard worker. And that's why. And he also has a good box present. He looks quite short, but he's very tall. And it, I think it throws people off. So he's got this kind of whole complete forward profile. He's good as a target man, good as a poacher, good at running, good at just laying with the defensive line to create a goal scoring opportunity and um yeah it's been really fun to see him excel under this team he's had less goal scoring uh, despite being one of the higher performers in strikers in the second Bundesliga he has less goals and I think that is just due to the way Darmstadt are playing this year compared to last year um they've moved to a back three slash five um and two up front with a partner with Braden Manu, um, who's more of a winger, who was forced in more of a striker role this season. Um, so it's a little bit different this year. And yeah, Patrick Pfeiffer is uh, basically a really good 
central defender prospect. He's only 23. His contract runs out. And uh, I know a little bit more about his story. Um, but yeah, I think everyone is now just waiting for him to be free in the summer. In terms of um, what he's good at, he is, is very good in the air, very tall. And he's one of the best aerially dominant centre-backs in in the league. Um, that goes for defensive headers and attacking headers. He's quite a typical centre-back that sits back and likes to challenge players that come near him. So, uh, you know, it's just the clearances, the blocks, the ground jewels against players. But he's also quite good at being a ball play, more of a ball-playing centre-back. So he knows how to progress the ball, whether that is quite long passes or short passes. It tends to be quite long. He can progress ball dribbling, and he's a lot better than other centre-backs in that kind of area. And nearly absolutely everyone has been linked with him because it being him being on a free means he gets kind of free pick of whatever he wants to do. Um, the rumour at the moment is that because he came from Hamburg youth um he is probably going to go back to Hamburg if he's free and if they want him obviously Hamburg have the situation with one of their center backs who has been found doping so there's still a lot of that going ahead so a lot of links in the the news right now is him going back to Hamburg but yeah um, let's see Alrighty. Well, this is a this is a team that whenever the Eintracht plays against Darmstadt, it can always be a very tricky one. I'll take the 15-16 season as one to forget because the Darmstadt came up from the Zweite Liga after being in the Dritte Liga the season before, so did the double promo, and then they came to the Kalmetsbank Arena as it, the Waldstadion was known then, and promptly punched us right in the nose, one nil, and uh was able to celebrate <laughs> going down the short drive south. Let's hope that uh, Eintracht fans that this is not something that happens again, but it is on the horizon. So looking at the way that Darmstadt plays, I'm I have to think that uh, coming into this match that some of the some of the players will be thinking on Darmstadt will be thinking, you know what. I've always loved playing the spoiler. They've got to be thinking to themselves that Eintracht Frankfurt, the reigning European champions from the Europe League, that is, uh, has got to be a ripe plum for the picking. What's the kind of vibe with Darmstadt, especially since they have a manager who's been been around, seen it all, and Torsten Lieberknecht? Uh, yeah, um, I think the mood is kind of good. I think they are quite... Um... I think a lot of them didn't expect to get past Mönchengladbach, Gladbach, like on a logical level. I think self-belief is obviously there. They had an amazing season last season. And that confidence and that consistency has pretty much remained into this season. Pretty much a good amount of players and similar players apart from Luca Pfeiffer, who was only there on loan. So they always knew that he would probably leave. Um, there's a lot of confidence as well with them landing Filip Stojkovic from uh, the Swiss first tier, a club named Seal. And um, apparently he turned down Juventus to join Darmstadt. So that kind of confidence is definitely there. 
That being said, Frankfurt and Deutsche Bank Park can be a terrifying place. And even apart from like the 15-16th season, Darmstadt hasn't done so well. Um, there, like their, their last game, they lost there. Um, it's more electric than ever. I will be there and I don't know what that means for either team. So <laughs> it's my first time there. So that's also quite fun. So um, yeah, I think, I think the thing is with Eintracht Frankfurt as well, especially in the like technicalities of it, I do not exactly know their weaknesses based on their results. The way that some of their results, some of their losses have come about have been quite hard to figure out because there's no real trend, um, not a completely clear one that I can say for certain. I would say maybe they get stuck a little bit more with um, teams that play that, that have better quality in play, playing possession and can keep the ball away from them. I think that tends to be one. And Darmstadt isn't one of them. Mm. So Darmstadt will also be looking on that, like, unless they come out aggressive, which they might do, um, they're very much a 3-5-2, quite sit back, middle, low block and wait for their chance and can be quite aggressive once they get the ball. Um, I mean, we saw it against Gladbach in Darmstadt's DFB Pokal, uh, what they can do and how organised they can be, but we've seen Frankfurt tear these kinds of teams apart. So, yeah, on a tactical level, I'm not sure what to expect or I cannot predict who will get through. But that's that's the greatness of a um, cup match and also a South Hessen derby, which I'm very excited to hopefully be there and see it live. Yeah, I really can't wait for it. This is, you know, when I try to have played against the teams that are anywhere near close to where they live, when we played Mannheim, it's been a little bit of a, oh boy, are we going to take this serious enough because they're in the Dritte Liga? I think that the Eintracht players will definitely look at Darmstadt and th- say to themselves, um, this is a team that we very much could be facing next season, home and away, and mm-hmm. at least we don't have have to go to the, I guess, the, the newly renovated, uh, the, I can't even say it, Bonnenfattor, the, the Mark Stadion. The Bolle. You can say the Bolle. <laughs> that is good enough. <laughs> loads of, everyone calls it the Bolle rather than the Bolle for And even I get confused because I can't remember the name for the life of me. Yeah, if I if I if I didn't already work in my own uh, my own regular day job, moving the occasional container for for America, I'd probably be just like, who the heck are these guys? But anyways, uh, Jasmine, can we get a prediction from you for this tasty, tasty round of sixteen pole cow match that should throw up just as much excitement and drama as we saw from uh, some previous Pokal matches that have happened uh, before we uh, even started recording. I'm going to go 2-2 and then it goes down to penalties, but I couldn't tell you who wins the penalties. (laughs) Unless you really want me to pick a team, but then I'll just pick Darmstadt because I like both teams and I think think people 
I think people, I, I, it's not that people find me weird. I really like Eintracht Frankfurt. The club is run really well. You've got great, um, you really have great leadership there on kind of every level. You're, you've got a very good plan in place, good game philosophy, good just philosophy throughout the club. Um, so I really, really admire Eintracht Frankfurt. And I love Kolo Moani. And this is going to be a game where we see Germany's the German football league's best two strikers. So um, I'm really excited, but I'm going to have to probably say Darmstadt. So just yeah, for we... old time's sake. <laughs> yeah, well, Luke, needless to say, my own son, Luke, likes the positive vibes that you're sending towards the Eintracht, even though it's more just <laughs> general appreciation for the Eintracht. I'm thinking that the Eintracht will come away with a victory in this one. Uh, if it does go to penalties, I've got no doubts within my mind that the Eintracht <laughs> will stand tall because Kevin Trapp has done that PK shootout before, and he'll look at that and be like, oh, it's like, huh, bring it on. I got this, and take the team uh, to victory in that. But I think that the Eintracht will come away with a 2-1 victory, and – I think it's not going to be just a 2-1 victory. I think it's going to be Eintracht coming away with a two-goal scoreline in the first half where they then kind of put themselves on a little bit of coast mode so as to kind of manage the resources that they have. And I think this is actually where we're going to see the young American international Paxton Aronson make his debut. I don't think it's going to be against Hertha Berlin uh, I think it is going to be in this match versus Darmstadt, and it will be a wonderful uh, milestone moment for the club. All right, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt. I'd like to thank Jasmine for joining us. Jasmine, where can we find your work, and what are you working on right now that you would like to bring attention to? Um, so you can find my monthly column on ESPN and all my work, I, it's kind of ad hoc and random sometimes. So if you find me on Twitter, which is at underscore Jasmine Barber, I normally post all my work there. Oh, excellent. Excellent. And and enjoy your time at the Vostan. And you're going to, uh, but if it does smell a little bit, if you do smell a little bit of pee when you get off of the, the station as you're walking through the woods, just remember, it's it's tens of thousands of people, and eventually someone has to go. And uh, it's all part of that the, happens at every German match. I'm, I've dealt with that before. It happens at every German match that there is a, any bit of greenery near the stadium. So yeah, we know, I know where to walk and where not to walk. <laughs> all right, Jasmine. Great talking to you, and uh, enjoy your time out of the match. Hey, thank you. Hey, I'm Frankfurt, la 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 la. Hey, I'm Frankfurt, la 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 la.